0: Caitlin Halberg and I am an art teacher at the high school. So I have always felt a a pull to create ever since I was little. Um, I was always drawing, painting, doing artistic things, creating things. Um, I also grew up in the church so um, helping people in need was definitely an idea that was familiar to me. So I went through school definitely always um, artistic, one of the more artistic students in my class and um, when I decided what I was going into to for college I never thought of art, like it just didn't seem like a, a, an actual career path for me. It seemed like it was going to be more of a hobby. Um, so I initially went into something else and then got brought back to art in college. And so once I got into the art program um, in college art, you start dealing with a lot of philosophical ideas. And So I was, I was thinking through some things and um, I always felt a tension between creating art, spending money, you spend tons and tons of money on art supplies. I always felt a pull or a tension um, between spending money on those art supplies and not spending money initially you know it's hard for me to say like okay I'm gonna spend hundred dollars in paint could you know would this hundred dollars better be used towards something else like would it be more responsible to, to donate this or or whatever and so um, that kind of tension came to a head I would say probably my junior year in college where I kind of broke down and um, I was like why am I doing this you know what is the point of art and I kind of had a you know questioning myself moment and so. From that point on, my art really took a 180 degree turn, and I started creating artwork. First of all, it was I did a series um, called my sponsored series that was um, highlighting children who were sponsored and just um, they, trying to bring to light like the need for um, the need that other people have, you know, the I guess like the the importance of supporting other people um, and giving to other people. And so it started with the sponsored series, and that was really just like a final project in one of my classes. And then my last um, year and a half to two years in art. Um, I spent creating a body of work called the Adopted Series, or that I called the Adopted Series, which was 16 pieces um, that all dealt with adopted children. And again, it was just the idea was um, bringing children to light who have been adopted and and the way that um, their lives um, and the lives of everyone around them have been enhanced by that act. During college, I would say that I was probably um, stagnant and distracted spiritually, but I kind of thought I had come to terms with kind of solving that tension between creating art and the call to, to do something in, in God's kingdom. So I went into art education and I started teaching and kind of was looking for you know ways that I could um, emulate God's character, I guess. In, in my works, you know, kind of the same way that I did with the adapted series and the sponsored series, and I was kind of coming up short. Just couldn't never find anything that I thought was a good concept, and kind of, at that same time, I started growing a little bit more spiritually. I got involved with a small group here, um, started doing group studies, my own personal studies, and I was getting into the idea of um, just our identity in Christ and our identity in God being being made in his, His image. With that, you know, as you grow spiritually, God starts to point out things in your life that you need to hand over to him. And he kind of started pointing out some of my materialistic tendencies, like one of my one of my kind of thorns in my flesh is materialism. And I attributed that to, um, to being an artist, just liking pretty things and being drawn to pretty things. And so I kind of started questioning myself again, like having another moment of, you know, what is the point of art? Like, why are you doing this? You know, like, this is this a bad thing? And so I considered getting out of art, getting out of art education, and, and I'm like why my sister and I kind of have a joke about third world, first world things, and I'm like, art education is such a first world job, you know, like what, what is the point of art education? You don't, you don't see mission trips that need art educators coming over. So I kind of started questioning that. I'm just looking at like, how is this really serving God, and how is this really serving His kingdom? And then um, I thought about it. I'm like, you know, why would God give me this pull? Like this isn't something that I made up, this isn't something that, that I have just recently like discovered this is something that i've had my whole life like i am good at art and i've been drawn to art my whole life why would he give me this desire if it wasn't something that's was good um i finally said like all right it came to me and it seems so obvious now i'm like duh. what were you thinking but we're made in his image i was made as a creator like well, duh, God's the ultimate creator. Like, he's the ultimate artist, the ultimate creator, the ultimate engineer. I mean, he's a better artist than, than anyone will ever be and could ever imagine. Like, that's why you're an artist, is because God's an artist, and this is a shadow of, of who he is. Um, so that completely changed my perspective on on why I create and what I create for. From then on, I just started thinking about Like, this really is a calling in my life, and it's not just something I do, it's not just something I like. Like, it's definitely something that God has, a gift that God has given me to not only serve his kingdom, because I think before I had that idea of, like, I want to do something to further his kingdom, and I always had that idea, but I didn't have the idea that not only am I serving his kingdom, but I'm glorifying him by emulating his character. I was stuck in in the thought of, it has to be a very direct, tangible relationship between your artwork and the service that it's doing. And since then, I feel like it's just so, so much more of a freeing um, idea of even by creating something that seems menial and silly, like you're emulating his, his character as a creator. I read a book recently, and this was kind of after this all self-discovery, um, but they said a calling can't be a calling unless you are called to do something by someone else and you work for their sake and not your own. Um, and that is really how I feel about my artwork right now, is that, like, I am called to create by God and and it sounds really strong but I mean I work for him, I don't work, don't work for me and if, I, if I'm if i working for myself I don't finish projects. I mean that's just the way it is. because I'm like, eh, this is boring. I don't really care about it. You know it's the stuff that I'm doing um, that I'm doing for a purpose. Like we do an empty bowls project at school and like those things. Like I love glazing bowls. I spend hours glazing bowls and I sell them all and I don't keep a single one. Um, but I'm working for you know a purpose of um, we donate all of that money so I'm working for the purpose of helping people in need or you know like Symphony of Trees this past year. I loved doing that. Spent tons of time, tons of energy um, but that was serving the purpose of a need in our community and so that's Mm -hmm. definitely definitely where I'm headed and I don't feel like I have a really strong idea of exactly where that how this will kind of shape out my whole life but um, I'm pretty confident that um, it's definitely something that that will have a role throughout the rest of my life.
1: Jesus prayed in John chapter 17 as he was uh, Thursday night before the crucifixion, what we call the great high priestly prayer. He prays over his disciples and over us, and these are some of the things that he prays. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them, I have sanctified myself. I've set myself apart for this particular mission. That they, too, may be truly sanctified, set apart for whatever the mission God has for their life. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray that I pray for them who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one. Father just as you are in me and i am in you may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me it was john or it was john who records jesus appearing to those 10 disciples on that Sunday night after his resurrection. And you remember they're huddled, fearful, afraid. And John records, as he was a first-person first witness, to what Jesus had told them that night when he said this in John chapter 20 and verse 21. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent Me, I am sending you. The word sent is used over 650 times in the scriptures. God is always sending something, He's sending angels, He's sending manna from heaven, He's sending prophets to His people. He's sending leaders for different seasons uh, for the nation of Israel. The word sent is used all throughout the scriptures. And it would not be a stretch to say that God is a sending God. God is an initiating God. God is a God who sends And in fact, as I begin to crack the seal, so to speak, on this series and think about what I want to spend this month communicating to you, I again was brought face to face with just in the book of John alone, this word sent is used 38 times. And I just kept looking through uh, every time it was used. Uh, He was using this. And over and over, Jesus would say things like, As the Father has sent me. The Father has sent me. As the Father has sent me. And it culminates on that resurrection night As he now says, as the Father has sent me, I now am sending you. And so for this next month, the purpose of this series is to kind of tap into or drill down on or open our minds and hearts again to this biblical theme, this biblical narrative of being sent. I want us to think about over this next month what it means to be sent as Jesus' ambassador, as Christ's ambassadors to the world, and how that is played out, and in, in the way that we're sent to follow the example that Jesus lived out for us and is sending us is in a way that we go following the way that Jesus lived. We are sent out into the world to live the Jesus life. He sent from the Father to show us who God is and now we are sent following his example so that we truly can know what it is to be salt in a decaying world and light to a dark place. And so part of being sent is following the example of Jesus, going in the way of Jesus. But also part of the sent is realizing God's specific purpose and plan for each one of our individual lives, and to recognize and realize the gifting, the desires, as Caitlin has uh, has done such a great job this morning of helping us to kind of see into her world, her life, how she has been given desires and impulses and gifting and talents in this particular area that now there is an ever increasing uh, uh, weight on her to use that, to know that this is how God wired me and it's for a reason. It's to bring him glory and to uh, bring light to the gospel of his son, Jesus Christ. And we want to do that this month. And I really, 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 really just want you to be super introspective this month. What is God's purpose for my life? there is a general purpose that all believers have and we're going to talk about that this morning but it goes vastly beyond that to where God has specifically wired you and gifted you and oriented you in such a certain way that he already knows I want to use that so that uh, the world might know and the world might believe that God has sent Jesus and to this world for our salvation and so we're going to just spend four weeks talking about this what it means to be sent um, a called is another word but I like the word sent um, what it means to be a person who is on mission so to speak um, uh, we're going to try to get very practical. Um, I'm willing and uh, we'll, we'll, the details we're going to kind of still work mapping out, but um, I'm willing to meet on, a, on two or maybe even three Wednesday nights at the end of this series and into June, where we will, we will offer to you um, things like the strength finders. A uh, uh, whole test and training, where will we be willing to maybe split the cost of that and say, "Hey, you give ten bucks, we'll pay ten bucks as a church to help you realize what are my strengths." I know some of us can say quickly, you know, like uh, we kind of, kind of know, but I will tell you, having went through the strength strengths finders training, it just opened my world and my eyes to, "Hey, you really just need to avoid that." you know like that's not you and this is you and it just opens our hearts and minds to to a deeper level of understanding of who we are and then walking through uh, a spiritual gifts inventory and analysis and and testing just to say hey this is where I belong in the kingdom just a very intentional way for us to once again grab a hold of this mandate from scripture this call this overarching theme of scripture that each one of Christ's followers has been given a a a mission, and it actually is a specific mission to each and every one of us, that we have taken on the role of ambassador of God to the world. And what does that mean? And what does that look like? And how do I live that out? I want to just walk with you for a minute through John chapter 20 again. I have been so arrested by this passage again. um, I shared a little bit on Easter Sunday from this area. But uh, if you remember again, he appears to them. He comes through. They're scared, right? But this is a new day. This is resurrection life. Every day now, he's risen from the dead. The, the climactic event in the history of the world has just happened, and that brings new meaning into our world in so many different ways. And that night, as he comes through to... Through the, through the walls, through the door. It says the door was locked. He just comes and appears to him. I want to just walk through that real fast uh, and think about that. And again, Jesus shows up and he says, on the evening of that first day of the week when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Peace be with you. Peace, you know the thing that anchors us more than anything is to have peace deep within our heart and soul about who we are and what where we're at and the Bible talks about peace in two different ways it talks about peace with God peace with God I have come to peace with God I am no longer at enmity with God. I am not enemies with God. I have made peace with God. Now we understand that is only through the Son, Jesus Christ, who has taken our place. But in my embracing of Him and in embracing of my sinful lost condition and the fact that He's the hope and He made the atonement for my sin and I can't earn or do anything to to gain God's approval, but it's in now just my life in Christ, I come to a place where I'm at peace with God. But out of that, as the Holy Spirit comes into my life, the scriptures introduce to us a new kind of peace and it's the peace of God. God that comes into my life. It's the peace that passes all understanding. It's the peace that God gives that it doesn't matter the circumstances of my life, whether it's crazy or whether it's boring or whether it's um, I'm just lost or I'm in a wilderness or I, I don't know, I'm confused, all in the middle of whatever my life circumstances hold, I am still living with a peace deep within me that God gives that it doesn't Doesn't matter if I know what tomorrow holds. I am held by him and I am secure and I have that peace, right? And that's what they desperately needed, those disciples. Their world is turned upside down. They don't know what has happened. And now the resurrected Lord, and the first thing he says to them is peace. Be settled. Know that everything is okay and it's right. And you now are at peace with God and you are gonna experience the peace of God. It's what Jesus said in John chapter, peace I leave with you, peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, but only as I give give peace. And I would tell you today that in thinking about being sent on mission of realizing my purpose, that it begins with me being settled deep in my heart and soul with the peace that God gives, that I am his child that I have been redeemed, that he is with me in everything, and I am just settled because the peace of God is flooding my life. And once I am settled and established and secure, then I can begin to understand what he wants to do with me. And Jesus says, peace. But he also, look at the next verse, he says this, After he said this, he shows them his hands and his side. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And not only is he giving them peace, but he's giving them proof that this is real, that I have triumphed, that everything that could ever come against what I'm about has been defeated. Look at my hands, look at my side. And us understanding what it is to be on mission, to be sent, there has to be an undeniable belief and trust in the power of this gospel. We have to believe that it is absolutely able to change this world that we live in. Do you believe that deep down in your soul? That what you have experienced and what you are called to then share and show to the world is the most powerful, life-changing thing this world could ever experience. Amen? I'm not convinced. No, Jesus. He's proof. Here's the proof. I rose from the dead. And you can believe in this message that you've accepted and you proclaim there is no greater proof than what he has done. And you're not sharing fairy tales and you're not sharing some kind of crutch system. and You're not just trying to make somebody feel better or give them something to lean on in hard times. You are sharing with them the life-changing, world-changing news that Jesus rose from the dead and it affects everything and it changes everything. Proof deep within us that what this is about is the biggest deal in the world. But as they are sent, they're given peace personally, and they have the proof of what this is all about. But then he says this, what I've read to you. Again, Jesus says, peace, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And he gives them purpose and meaning and mission. He doesn't stop there, though. In verse 22, he says this. And with that, he breathed on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Not only does he give them peace, settle them, and he has the proof, and he gives purpose, but he just finishes all off with, this is the power by which you are going to be able to do the indwelling Holy Spirit in your life. And so to be sent is to realize these words as the Father has sent me, so I send. And those words were spoken to 10 men in a room on a particular night, but those are words that echo now down through the past 2,000 and something years to every person, to every believer that God, as he has sent Jesus, so now he is sending you and I into the world. Well, what does that mean? Well, let's just start at at the at the very beginning, so to speak, and think about what Jesus means when he says that. You see, as he is ascending, as he is leaving his last words, the last things he's saying, you know these words, but remember them with me today in Matthew chapter 28. What does it mean to be sent? What does that entail? What is common to that? It's this. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That is a whole sermon in itself that I cannot sit on. But I want to tell you that the authority that Jesus has and then places on us enables us to be powerful, credible, transformative witnesses in our world because we speak through the authority and the power that Jesus himself has. That's why in Acts, they were bold, they were bold, they were bold. And that's why in my own personal life, uh, so, so many times, much to my chagrin, I have not been bold because I have not lived in the framework and the mindset and the inspiration and the power of the Holy Spirit to realize that all authority has been given to me through Jesus Christ. <laughs> I didn't mean to get fired up like this today. I really thought I was going to be calm, cool, collected, and really quick. (laughs) But this is so good. I mean, this is the word. All authority has been given to me. And so he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And how does he finish? And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You realize these words he's given are to 500 people, so to speak, nondescript followers, disciples of Jesus on a hillside in Galilee. And he gives an almost inconceivable command that seems almost ridiculous in nature. Just 500 people just literally nap nas. Hey, go and make disciples of the whole world. 500 of us. He says that. I would remind you that this is the great commission of the church, right? This is our mission. This is our mission. This is our corporate mission. This is our individual mission that's been given to all of us. This is what it means to be sent. What does that start to look like? What core, it is making disciples. I would remind you, though, that in the Great Commission, it is surrounded by two things. A great affirmation, all authority has been given to me, and a great promise, lo, I am with you always unto the end of the age. This Great Commission is always done in the power and in the presence of Jesus with us always when we carry this out. But let's talk about this just for a moment, what it means to go and make disciples. And actually, often this this verse, we, 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 we really honed in on the go right and out of this we've made mission conferences and we've kind of had this idea of go and it's it's we just thought about it going somebody's got to go to Africa and somebody's got to go here and somebody's got to go go but really the way this the Greek words are used is (coughs) the emphasis is not on the going It's on the making the disciples. Actually, the way the word is go is it's having gone. It's the assumption that each one of us recognize and realize that we are sent. We are having gone. It's not waiting for one or two of you to all of a sudden feel God tell you, oh, you got to be a missionary. Not me this time. They got to go. No, it's all of you having gone. The emphasis is really on making disciples. Making disciples, and that includes, it's kind of like this. To make is to turn into, right? To turn into disciples. There is a, I like this the way this is, is to turn into its um. I think it's relational in nature, this word. It's the idea of, of, of seeking out someone and developing a relationship with them and then speaking Christ into their life and then staying with them as they walk with Jesus and seeing them turn into. That's what our live commission is. That's what all of our mission is. Now, it looks different, and it's with different gifts and talents and abilities, but really it's all coming back to this whole thing of turning people into disciples. And the way this is, is the main verb in this phrase is make, and actually the participles to the main verb. Any English teachers in here today? This reminded me of those classes. I hated that stuff. But the participle points to the main verb. It modifies the main verb. Make disciples. How? By going, baptizing, teaching. That is all of our Mission. Now, I would remind you this, that their make designates results. There is no description of methods or ways. This is a results verse. This isn't, well, you gotta have the right church, and you gotta have the right environment, and you gotta have the right this or that. It's just go make disciples. It's a results word. It's a results thing. It's, well, you got to do it this, this, this way. It's like, I don't care how you do it. Make disciples. And that is what we have been called to do. And that is what it means to be sent this morning. And that is what I hope that over these next four weeks that you and I will allow our minds to entertain what a sending God who sent Jesus, who now sends us, what does he want to do with my life? Well, he wants you to make disciples. Not Nap make disciples. He wants you to make disciples. And I want you and I, and I have been doing this in, ooh, I want us to once again realize that each one of us, we've been given purpose, specific plan, gifts, and talents, but it's all pointing toward one thing. Are you and I making disciples? I would remind you as I finish that in the book of Acts, after Jesus left, we would read these things Acts 1 8. And he said, Listen, if you'll wait, if you'll stick around, if you'll believe that I'm coming through the Holy Spirit, he said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I would remind you that the Spirit energizes living out our purpose. The Spirit has two roles. The role is to one, to make us into his image. We talked about that last month being rooted, the power of the Holy Spirit. But the second role is to empower our mission, And being sent is realizing God's purpose and living it out. And it comes through the pow- empowerment of the Holy Spirit in your life. I'm, I'm not making disciples, Chip. I, I don't know what, what, what. The first thing I would tell you is realize that it's the Holy Spirit in you that will enable you. You and I just need to continue to tap in, access, lean hard, look to, depend on the Holy Spirit more and more and more in our life. And the natural outflow of that will be that we will be empowered to make disciples. All right, I went far too long, so we're going to pray. But I just want us this month to once again think about what it means to be sent. Because you look at me and you say, oh, that guy, it's easy for him to talk about that. He has a specific call on his life to pastoral ministry. So he can get up there and... And and you know what? I, I do, I do, and I hold a lot more accountability before God because of that specific call. But all of us have been sent. All of us. And I just want us to tap in and understand and realize and maybe for some move toward what is it that God is sending me to do in this world. Father, bless us this month. Thank you for this day and thank you for everything that we've heard and for all that you're doing. Lord, thank you for uh, a new season. Spring is here. Summer's coming, Lord. And Lord, just bless this season of our life this year as, as we are involved in so many different things. But Lord, keep us conscious each and every day that we are sent by you into a world. Help us to have a growing realization of what that means and how it is lived out. Because in that we find purpose. And in purpose we find fulfillment so go with us from this place help us to remember we are sent we are a sent people we pray this in Jesus name amen thank you for your patience this morning name into the night then through the